The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro Eastside and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba House of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. Happy Saturday. It's Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Loans. Yes, and how are things going over Another there at Saturday. Homebridge now that you're a couple weeks into it? Loving it so far. Loving it so far. Homebridge is... Nice. You've bridged it. You've we've bridged made the bridge. The we got rid of a street. And we are on now a bridge, on bridge now. Just don't fall off. And uh, we operate in 49 states. Mm-hmm. and uh, Which will be relevant to our conversation uh, today. <laughs> I think it, it actually might be. Uh, love the rates. Love the people. We, we actually have the same staff. Uh, our whole mortgage operation from Home Street Bank was purchased by Homebridge Financial. And so we just kind of changed business cards one day so everything's still the same phone numbers everything else i'm still eric is eric at eric is my banker.com no no changes there at all no hiccups so far so good yeah all right loving it. gotta loving love it. it absolutely so i gotta tell you i'm gonna throw a thing out in case any of our listeners want to give any input yeah i've been with remax for 16 years mm-hmm. and i'm considering <gasps> a change well, you and I have been talking about that, yeah. so you're actually on the air with it. Oof. Well, no, no. We haven't made final decisions. Here's what, yeah. I'm, here's what I'm going to put out to our listeners today. How much does it matter to you when an agent has been referred to you? How much does it matter to you which firm they work under? Because I would like to put a poll out on this because Remax, I mean, the reason I went with Remax 16 years ago was because they're an international brand, one of the top five brands of the entire world right. outside of even just real estate. It was just, they were so well branded. But the real estate, and, and here's why, listeners, I'm telling you that I'm taking a look at some things because Remax is a great organization. I'm not saying anything negative about the firm itself. It's how technology, I, I've told our listeners ever since day one of this show started that I came from a background in tech. And I've always said that we're leading edge but not bleeding edge in the use of technology in my own business, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're constantly looking at what our options are. And I'm because I do strong volume, you know, meaning, you know, we do a lot of transactions locally, Mm -hmm, we work with a lot of customers. That means I become a target of people trying to recruit us all the time. Yes. uh, Me and my team. And that's been happening for years. I mean, almost every year I'm recruited by numerous companies. And most of the time I'm like, go away, go away, go away. I don't know. I'm happy here. I'm happy here. I'm happy here. However, um, three years ago, I did almost leave Remax because I was looking for certain additional marketing tools outside of what I personally pay for. Because I pay for a lot of things. M- most people don't understand how the real estate market works and how agents work and that we're mostly independent contractors. So we get to run our own business the way that we want. And you provide the services and level of service as you deem you know, necessary. Appropriate or necessary. Which right. is why you see million-dollar listings with cell phone photos. And million-dollar listings like mine that have five-level HD photography, 3D tours, plans, drone, 
you know, right, and, right. and a huge social marketing, you know, suite of advertising. Right. That, that, is not, that does not come cheaply. It does not come cheaply. And so what always has blown me away is how people don't interview their agents well enough. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'm like, how is my team not getting more market share when we offer such tremendous services? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I'll be real curious to hear, uh, you know, if what our listeners yeah. think about that. You I'd know, love what, it. What does get on it my Facebook page and tell me, like, you know, or, or contact me directly. Get on my personal page. Get on my Twitter. Send me an email at info at teamreba.com and tell me, does the firm matter more to you than the agent? Right. Or does the agent matter more than the firm? Or do you need that combo? Like, what are you really looking for? Right. Where is your loyalty? Is it to the agent themselves? Yeah. Or is it to the firm? And, and, and a lot of people may have to think about that. Yeah. You know, how much, how much mm-hmm. of the value I received from my transma- transaction came from the agent mm-hmm. and how much of it came from the firm? Yeah. And, and many times people don't know, but I will tell you, listeners, many of the services are just chosen by that agent. And, you know, there's constantly people saying, well, you know, especially when you're in a high price market like Seattle, well, how are you worth what you're being paid? Mm-hmm. Well, we're only worth what we're being paid if you actually check our work, you audit, you ask, you you know, you demand mm, high-level service. When you know the joke I've always made in this industry is, why does it matter who the agent sleeps with for you to pick them? And people look at me funny when I say that, and I'm just like, well, how many times have you seen somebody pick someone just because it was their sister or their brother-in-law married to the sister, or you know, some other like. Hey, it's my buddy's wife or, you know, it's like, is that really a qualifying factor? Because that's not how I pick my CPA or my attorney or my property management people or anyone else for that matter. But it could affect how (laughs) things go on Thanksgiving and the holidays. Well, the thing is, is I've worked with tons of friends and family, Mm -hmm. but every time I sit down with them, I let them know that when I do that for them, mm-hmm. it's no longer about just the personal relationship. I'm there as a business professional, right. and they should expect a lot from me. In fact, probably even more from me because of the fact that I have that relationship with them. Right. And right. then I and then it's it's up to me to prove to them yeah. why they should choose me. Not just because I'm related. Not just because I've been a friend. Not just because they've been a vendor of mine. Not just. Like it really, it matters. Of course. You know, yeah, we absolutely. always say that we have that hashtag who you work with matters and we mean it. Mm-hmm. You know, our care philosophy is built on that conduct, advocacy, representation, and excellence. hundred percent stand behind that mm-hmm. every day for every customer. So I'm just curious if anyone yeah. has any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Cause we're looking at another firm really, really strongly right now. And a lot of it has to do with the technology provided, the environment provided, and what I see them being able to bring into the industry that is exactly what I have been building for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Well, let's put that out there. So yeah. info at teamreba.com. You can post your opinions and give your feedback. Love to hear it. Yes. Yeah, yes, should be good. Yes, we would. Yeah, speaking of we what hear I from know you. you'd love to hear. What? Let me tell you what's going on with the markets. <gasps> yes, please do. We have a fight going on. Ooh. We have a fight going on between the Fed and the, the administration. Oh, what a surprise. And somebody wants a cut, and somebody doesn't want to be told they want to cut. And so what's happening right now is is there's a lot of pressure on the Fed to cut interest rates. 
And uh, even amongst the uh, the governors of the Federal Open Market Committee mm-hmm. uh, on the Federal Reserve Board, there's a mixed opinion right now on whether they should cut rates or not. Yes. Generally, the Fed will cut rates when the economy is starting to slow down. And there are some indications that that could be happening. Not 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 big R word, not a recession. Mm-hmm. Pray but, tell, but, what are they? But, but definitely starting to kind of lighten up a little bit. We've got a lot of factors going on right now. We have issues in, in uh, Europe, especially with Brexit. Mm-hmm. We have issues in Asia especially with China and their weak economy. We have issues in the Middle East, you know, um, tensions, you know, you know, building up with Iran. And, and we have domestically a little bit of a slowdown, uh, you know, going on in our economy. We're starting to see some strain from the tariffs. Mm-hmm. And, and all of these factors are, are tending to slow the economy down just a little bit. Well, you know, generally when that happens, the Fed can jump in and cut rates, which will stimulate the economy. Uh, some economists think it's warranted at this point. Others think, no, nope, it's a little bit too soon. You know, maybe maybe not quite so soon yet. Uh, there is talk of a cut in July. I I don't know. I don't I don't know if that's going to happen actually uh, yet at this point. Uh, what I do know is that mortgage rates are at their lowest point in about two years right now. The national oh, wow, two at, years. Yeah, they're way down. They're way down. Yeah, just the other week we were like oh, yeah. at a 14-month yeah. low. Now I'm, we're 24 I, months. I'm actually wow. refinancing clients right now that purchased six months ago. You know, we're, we're that much lower. My goodness. You know, than, well, than we six months ago they we were, were much they were, higher. They were, they were getting yeah. up. They're up pushing mm-hmm. 5%. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So the national average today for 30-year fixed rate, 3.79%. Sweet, it's really, really low. Oh my Fifteen-year fixed rates are. I almost feel like that cherry Dr. Pepper ad, like sweet. <laughs> I know. Uh, Fifteen years, a little bit lower, three point six. Uh, FHA and VA, three point six percent for thirty-year fixed rate VA. If you're a veteran and you haven't used your VA benefits, mm-hmm. or even if you've used them before, my gosh, it's a very, very good time. Very good time. Yeah. So you can actually buy a home. Just a reminder, though, you have to be owner-occupied. I had someone call, call, call me the other day who was looking for investment VA, and I went, sorry. Well, no, no, no. You have to live in it for VA, but but VA, you can buy zero down in King Pierce, Nahomish County for se- up to $753,250 zero down. Man. Even beyond uh, above that, it, the down payment is extremely low. There's no PMI. Mm-hmm. So if you're a veteran. That alone is huge. No oh, PMI. Ab- absolutely it is. You know, if you're a veteran, if you're, if you're, um, uh, if you are the surviving spouse of a veteran who lost their lives in a service-related, you know, incident, uh, you also have a VA benefits available if you're unremarried. You know, so there's there's a lot of folks that aren't maybe not even be aware that they have VA benefits. You can have partial eligibility. If you have a VA mm-hmm. loan now, maybe it's for a lower loan amount and you want to buy a new home, there may be enough eligibility with a 753 limit that you can buy a new home zero down as well. So really, really good time to be talking to veterans. Uh, FHA, I want to talk about that just really, really quickly here. And then um, I know we're going to be counting down to break here quickly. Mm -hmm. There's a bunch of lenders that are backing out of making FHA loans right now. And it has to do with what's called the False Claims Act. Okay. If a lender makes a mistake on an FHA loan, Mm -hmm. 
and it's deemed serious, they can be faced with a Department of Justice investigation. It can be serious. Holy they can lose smokes. their licenses. And, and, many, and, and the rules that And you're FH, saying a mistake, not an well, outright let's fraud. Call it, well, this is where the, the water gets really, really muddy. What's okay. the difference between a mistake and a false representation? Mm-hmm. You know, is it fraud or is it an honest mistake? Was it known? And was it known? What's the severity of that mistake? And the water's super muddy about, about the differences between those. So a lot of lenders says, you know what? I'm out. I don't want to have to worry about this and deal with it. FHA right now is trying to kind of solidify their rules, make it a little bit easier for lenders to figure that out. Uh, but, but right now we're what seeing What would be it. examples? Um, false representations, um, uh, income documents not properly vetted, conditions not properly cleared, uh, occupancy fraud is is a big one where somebody okay. says they're going to live in the home, but they never move in, and there was maybe evidence that they never were going to move in. Things like that that can really, really impact us. That's some serious stuff and often uh, deemed a felony. That's right. I got one other real big change coming up in lending. Um, when we come back, we'll touch that real quick. And then we've got Tamara Simon here. Yeah, baby. talking about buying investment property. Stay tuned. We've got more Open House with Team Reba right after these quick commercial messages. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1580. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we are here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock bringing you information on real estate and finance. And all things related. There you go. And sometimes Sundays, too. Yes. We sometimes get some bonus. And don't forget, when you can't hear us on Saturday or Sunday, you can go to whether it's iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and find us via podcast. That's right. I did that. I signed up. I subscribed. <laughs> I don't know why, but yeah, I, I, I did thought, too. I, thought, I popped it in there. It's like, wow, that's Well, cool. I audit all of our shows, so of For course sure. I subscribe. Yeah, I want to go back and re-listen and be, you know, because I'm always about us trying to improve, absolutely. right? Because if you went and listened to the first four months of us, Ooh. man, were we stiff. Ooh, <laughs> Lots of ums Things have in there. changed That's quite right. a bit. <laughs> well, yes. Now we're a little probably too loosey goosey, but it makes it a lot of fun. Well, so this is our show. We can do whatever we want. That's right. And you and I are just talking back and forth. That's just right. A few people in the room talking about our industry and hopefully mm-hmm. we're conveying a couple things. One is our love for this this industry. Yeah. We both love it. We're what clearly we do. passionate. We really do. And and we want our customers and our clients to be successful. Mm-hmm. No question. And we do that with education. Yes. So we're, we're trying to, to make sure we, we're getting the best information out there. Yes. Uh, talking about what's going on, good, bad, ugly, changes in the industry. We're, yep. we're all in with that. Because all of them are there. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> and speaking of education. Education. Yeah. Yes. We have class. I try and have as much class as possible, yes. That's right. And we have one coming up September 11th. That's right. September 11th, it's a it's a night school. Yes. It's going to run from 4 to 9 p.m. down in Tukwila at the Claim Jumper Restaurant. Mm-hmm. And yes, there will be food. And yes, there may be beverages, beverages to drink as well. Of the adult kind, if you Possibly. like. You Possibly. Know, you know, I realized the other day how kind of cute it is that you picked Claim Jumper. Yeah. Well, because think about it. Real estate. Oh, claim jumpers. Claim jumpers. Yeah. 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 Good, I, I good, thought that good was call. kind of an ironic 
Good little call. twist, I, I just, <laughs> whether you meant that or not. I didn't, but now that you mention <laughs> it, I like the room. We've got this separate room, and mm-hmm. it's river rock on the side. Mm-hmm. It looks like big we're timbers. teaching a class inside of a cabin or something. Got a big that fireplace. That overlooks a parking lot. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> a cabin, cabin, not next to the woods, but next to the yeah, <laughs> yeah furniture store. Next to yeah, to Bassett. Yeah. That's right. That's right. But this is the official first-time homebuyer class sponsored by the Washington State Housing Finance Commission. Mm-hmm. If you want a zero-down loan or special financing for a first-time homebuyer. Or even reduced PMI. Or reduced PMI. It's required that you take this class. And and it's five hours, yeah, but it's free. Yep. And we pack it full of information that's going to be super useful for you and out some there yummy buying. snacks and some 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 tasty treats as yes, well we keep it entertaining right. and light absolutely uh along that same line there's another program where where the secondary markets fannie mae and freddie mac are making a change coming up that was not a good change okay and and this one is a program called home ready and then Freddie, that's a Fannie Mae program, and Home and Fan, Freddie Mac, excuse me, Fannie Mae has Home Ready, Freddie Mac has Home Possible. These are programs that give you, as a first-time home buyer, a slightly discounted interest rate. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can be significant, and also reduce cost of PMI, mortgage insurance, when you mm-hmm. put less than than twenty percent down. These programs allow as little as three percent as a down payment. They have income limits, and the income limits vary per county. In King County and Snohomish County right now, the income limit is $103,000 per year for most properties. It's based on census tract. Some properties, there's no income limit. You know, if if they're encouraging people to buy in those neighborhoods. Well, on July 20th, that changes. And both Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are reducing their income limits to 80% of the median income. Oh, wow. So that'll take us down from 103000 down to about 82000 Right. So if, you're, if your income is, is, is currently somewhere between eighty two and $103,000, th- jump on this program now yeah. because the difference in rate can be pretty significant and also the discounts for, for mortgage insurance. Gotcha. So after July 20th, now we're, we're going to be you down to the, to the new loan, uh, new income limit. So just okay. keep an eye on that one. Gotcha. Yeah. So. Okay. So are we ready to We are. Get I'm excited about guests? this. So Tamara, Simon. Yes. And Tamara, you've been on our show several times in the past. We always love, welcome, love, love to welcome, have you on. Welcome. welcome. Thanks for inviting me again. Yes, absolutely. We always love having you on. You're always entertaining and full of information, the same as us. And um, you're here in a different kind of capacity. Because um, for listeners who have heard you before, or if they have not, you owned for many, many decades, actually, a local property management company, and you sold that off several years ago, right? And since then, you have been more of like a property management consultant, correct? Can you give our listeners a little synopsis of the changes for you? Sure. Well, as many of you know, in 1983, I started in property management in the Seattle area, In 1991, I opened my own brokerage, and when I started, I was the whole show. I was everything. Mm -hmm. But within a couple of years, we built up, and I had five employees. And, you know, it's just like when you own investment real estate. You have to have an exit plan. Yes. And one of my plans was someday to sell that company, and I was lucky enough to sell the company, And it worked out great, and I sold a couple of years ago. 
and good uh, timing. And mm-hmm. it's uh, still an ongoing property management company that mm-hmm. has folded into another brokerage now. And I decided at this point, what I wanted to do was coaching and consulting and education for people for landlords. And I've started a new company, and that company, we are just getting ready to launch our first course online. Awesome. And I do a lot of event speaking and helping people mm-hmm. plan. And one of the things that's happened is... Do you want to share with everyone what the company name is? I don't think you've said yet. We would, we'd be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> the company is My Real Estate Network. And so that is the name of the company because it truly what we do is network people all over the United States Mm -hmm. who who are interested in finding investment property. And this came about about five years ago because I had clients who wanted to become landlords or buy more investment property. And the Seattle market just didn't meet their goals anymore. Whatever do you mean by that? (laughs) (laughs) And so... uh, there are we've been very very blessed in the Seattle market and so we've built a lot of equity and appreciation that's mm-hmm. a good thing yes it's a good thing we're until... also one of the <laughs> most expensive markets in the United States right. yes and there's a difference between purchasing a home that you want to live in mm-hmm. and purchasing mm-hmm. an investment property true and so for a lot of people, the entry point was just too high. The numbers didn't make sense. Right. And so clients were coming to me, and they would have anywhere between 25000 and 250000 to enter uh, to put down on investment property. And still, even with that great amount of money, the market didn't make sense. Correct. And right. so we started to look at other markets for people, and that's how the network started growing. So when you say other markets, uh, where are you currently active? Tell us. So uh, literally anywhere in the United States. And so the first thing people have to ask themselves, besides how much money do they have to start with, is what's the real goal here? Because as an investor, either your goal is to have passive income, and for most people that means they're trying to generate that for Mm -hmm. retirement. Sure. As we all know, the days of people having a pension are long gone. Something like 70% of the people in the United States will not get a pension from their employment. Right. So you need to build your own pension. And so uh, what we're looking at is the people who know that and are in it for the long term. Then there are other people who are basically speculators. It's all about the appreciation. And you have to really search your soul so you're not disappointed here about what you're going for. Right. Because really buying real estate for investment means usually that you're looking for that long-term goal. What's happened is in markets like Seattle, you know, people want to hit a home run in four years. Right. And so the problem is you're going to be deeply disappointed because more risk means maybe more rewards or it means you're losing everything. I like to say that the people who are speculators, if that's your goal, it's not right or wrong, but if that's your goal, it's kind of like going to Vegas and putting money on the crap table. could be a big winner or a big loser. That's why we call it gambling. So (laughs) once people really understand what's my objective here, then we talk about where might be more practical. Anybody can go online at any time and look at the 10 most, you know, m- growing markets in the United States. 
and you'll see things come up all the time. Most of those tend to be on the east or the west coast. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but that's also the most expensive markets. So, most of the time, I'm focused on the Midwest and the South. There's a lot of markets to enter there that are very reasonable. It does not mean, however, that you might see the appreciation build as quickly. Right. But if you want slow and steady, these are some markets to look at. And some of them have been big surprises in the South in particular about the kind of appreciation that's building. Well, that's a that's an excellent point. I have a son who lives in Athens, Georgia, and it's a college town. And I know that he's living in a home where he's paying, I think, uh, gosh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month rent, and I and I, 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 you know, I'm Snoopy. I zillowed the house because I'm mm-hmm. thinking, well, I just want to, want to just buy that. He's going to be there for a few years, right? And it's it's like a hundred thousand dollars. It's right. a yep. nice house. It's three yeah. bedrooms, two baths, sitting on a half acre. Got deer walking through the backyard. Mm-hmm. You know, beautiful place. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. Those numbers look really good. If I can get that type yep. of cash flow, you know, for a hundred thousand. But then the other thing in the back of my head is like, what's this thing going to be worth in ten years? Maybe a hundred and ten thousand. Right. You know, how much is it going to go up in value? You're not. You're not buying it for the appreciation there, though. Right. It, I'm buying it for the. Well, I mean, it's 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 nice to have both. It is nice to have both, but it's nice to remember the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And the fundamentals are this. Oh, you look over a 40-year period, and housing is not a piggy bank or a lottery ticket. Housing has generally appreciated at about 3% mm-hmm. nationwide. Mm-hmm. That's what's happened over a 40-year period. So generally, yes, you'll gain appreciation. But this is why I'm so focused on passive income and cash flow. A lot of the people coming to see me are over the age of 50. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yep. And so if if you want to gamble on your retirement, you know, that's a real issue. You're taking too much risk. If you're looking to really have income so you can retire at 60 or 65, if that's your wish, then perhaps you might want to consider this mark, another market. You know, mm-hmm. here's a great example. So, oh, well, f- you know what? Actually, I think we're going to have to get to that example after this break. So listeners, stay with us so we can get some more tips to you on renting out of the market area here on Open House with Team Rima and Tamara Simon from My Real Estate Network. Be right back. Open House with Team Rima on AM 1590. Now back to Open House with Team Rima. Welcome back to Open House with Team Rima. I'm Rima Haas from... Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side. And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And that was Batman, our announcer, and Tamara Simon in the background. Yes. Doing backup. Yes. Here from My Real Estate Network. Yeah. So, thank you again for joining us, yeah. Tamara. I really, really appreciate it. So, thank you so lis- much. Yeah. Listeners, if you uh, were with us right before the break, you heard us kind of going into a whole discussion about different market factors. And Tamara, do you want to go ahead and just get started on where you were at in your thought? Yeah, I wanted to give you an example. And I also want the listeners to know that all the coaching and consulting I do for other people, I take my own advice. Mm -hmm. And actually, about two and a half years ago, I bought property in another state. Mm -hmm. I wanted to buy more investment property. And I love living in the Seattle area. But the numbers didn't make sense. And so, 
But um, last year, actually, in particular, my husband grew up in Wichita, Kansas. Yes, where my family resides. And although he's been gone 40 years uh, from that area, there was a reunion, and he went back to the reunion. And it really struck him how well so many people were doing there with their investment property. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to a client on the phone about other areas to invest in. And when I hung up the phone, my husband said to me, what's wrong with Wichita? And so we started (laughs) to discuss that. And I started to really research that market. Now, I'm originally from the Midwest also. I grew up in Chicago. So I started to research that market, and I found some really interesting things. There's growth. This is important because the question you were asking before about the property in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you really want to look at what's happening. Since the year 2000, for example, the population has been going up in Wichita. If it's not going up, that's a red flag. You exactly. never want to invest where there's a declining population. Of course. You want to look at what the unemployment rate is. Mm-hmm. It's pretty low, actually, in Wichita right now. You want to look what the jobs are. And this is critical because is there a difference if the majority of jobs are agricultural, are blue-collar, are white-collar, or IT? Here's the short answer, yes. Yeah. Because it makes a difference about is that industry growing, right. number one, or is it a dying industry? And if it's a growing industry, what does that say about salaries? Is there mm-hmm. a difference between IT workers and somebody who might be working in a manufacturing plant? Of course there is, which is one of the issues yeah. going on in Seattle right now That's is a, income equality. We talk equality, about that all the time. Right? Of course. Yeah. But what we see in the Wichita market is all about aviation. It, for many years, was the home of Boeing. Right. Boeing's not there anymore. It's another company name. Spirit. Mm-hmm. Spirit, that's right. So there are, there's a lot of emphasis on this industry. And so you need to research that industry and see how you feel about it and if it's a going industry and why. You need to look at what else is happening in that market. Is government there? Government tends to be stable jobs. What about education? Education, mm-hmm. colleges, yep. That's right. right. And they have Wichita State. And so as I'm researching, I'm also seeing one of the rules in real estate investing is called the 1% rule. Right. For years, this was always what we looked at. And that means that if you pay 100000 for a property, you should be getting at least 1% back in rent, $1,000 sure. a month. Mm-hmm. That's almost impossible in our area right now and most of the East and West Coast. It's very possible in the Wichita market and other markets, particularly in the Midwest and in the South and the United States. So what does that mean? Well, that means there's opportunity. And here's one of the best examples. One of my husband's old buddies has 18 single-family houses in Wichita. Now, he's been investing over the years. But he's never he's paid between sixty five thousand and a hundred thousand for every one of those properties. Yep. And these are nice houses, two, three bedroom houses in good neighborhoods. His current rent roll is eighteen thousand a month. Now we can say, yes, mm-hmm. those houses are only worth let's be generous, two million. Mm-hmm. Really it's about a million point eight, but mm-hmm. two million for all these eighteen properties. Where in the Seattle market, you can have two properties and easily be at $2 million. Right. Yep. But here's the point. Are you bringing in 18000 a month right. on your property here? 
The answer is no. It's I can guarantee no. you. Big no. So while <laughs> it doesn't sound fancy or high tech or hip and happening to be in Wichita, guess what? That man is bringing in eighteen thousand a month. He's making now money. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now what about what about uh, turnover? You know, is that are you looking for markets where you have a long stable type of yes, tenants or how do you, how do you factor that? Yes, you're definitely looking for stability because nothing eats cash flow up more than vacancies and turnover, mm-hmm. right? Right. And so what we like to say about the markets in the Midwest, particularly Wichita where we're focused on today is it's slow but steady. Mm-hmm. The consistency is what's great about it. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. And why is that? Well, it's because you have particularly a lot of young families, and Mm -hmm. school district is number one. So you really have to understand an area. For example, you know, are you in an area for retirees? Are you in an area for young families? Or is your market going to be mostly single IT workers? Right. That makes a huge difference. Who does Wichita attract and why? Well, one of the things that we find they're attracting is a lot of young workers who want to raise families who can afford a house in in that community and the school districts are good and they tend to stay do they eventually buy some of them do mm-hmm. but you have this constant market you know now there's a generation coming up that's younger than the millennials that have entered the yeah. job market right and yep. so those people are your stable renters and that's what you're that's what's great about that kind of a market what about property management then? With like with your firm, my real estate network, do you have references? You have ways to sort that out, right? And so one of the things we like to do is I like to say I'm the queen of referrals, mm-hmm. because in order to be successful as a landlord, when you're doing long distance investing, ninety nine percent of the time you have to build your team that includes a great property manager, mm-hmm. and also a great agent. Because as much research as you do, you really need somebody with boots on the ground who's very familiar. And so that's one of the things that we do is we're constantly looking to find great property managers and brokers to refer people to mm-hmm. in these areas. Sure. And lucky for me, one of the things that happened was I was telling Reba about mm-hmm. my article on what's wrong with Wichita. And I remembered that she actually grew up there. Yeah. yeah. And guess what? There was a chance she knew somebody. Possibly a relative. Several. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and I interviewed these people, and I was very impressed uh-huh. about what they have to offer in that local market, as well as the property manager who's not a relative. Right, but who I have met, because actually my last trip to Wichita, I sat down with the same staff. So, you know, literally from... I, I personally brought, bought property in Tennessee a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I am looking at the Midwest for myself and other people. Sure. But that's the key, is to find the right people, the Get right the right team. referrals. I'm just looking on, on a, a, a real estate website. I won't mention the name. starts with a mm-hmm. Z. I guess that's a marketing firm, not Except a real for, estate site. It yeah. is a... <laughs> Third-party okay. data aggregator. All right. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm looking at a third-party data aggregator site, and which I just punched in. Look at homes that are about 1990 or newer, mm-hmm. and my gosh, here's a three-bedroom, two-bath, 
129,160. My gosh. I mean, there's a lot of house. I know. That's why I've been trying to tell you for years that we should be having people buy down there. I own a duplex and a fourplex in Wichita and have for the last 14 and 16 years. I bought my fourplex 14 years ago for $86,000. Yeah, yeah. And I bought my duplex for 102000 Wow. Yeah, and yeah. The, the difference being which part of town they were in. So, yeah. you know, listeners, when you're buying rental property, they're classified in A, B, C, and D in terms of quality. And so I have a B property and a C property. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why there's such a big price difference between them for the number of units provided, right? Sure. Plus one's a two-bedroom, one-bath duplex on each side. The others are one bed, one bath, 540 square feet apiece, you know, just little, small, you know, just pre-war housing. Right. So, and, and they are in two different parts of town. One's in Riverside, and one of them is in another area about a mile away from the re- re- redone downtown district, but it was on the edge of a revitalization zone. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. bought very strategically when I purchased. Sure. And that area has been improving. So yeah. to her point, you know, like, you got to know where people are buying, what the price points are. You're looking at, you know, because I have had on one property a lot of renovation costs over mm-hmm. time because mm-hmm. that building needed new plumbing, uh, new uh, heat sources. It's needed new electrical upgrades. You know, it's cost me a bit more. Sure. But I get great cash flow out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that has offset it over time where the duplex is pretty slow and steady to Tamara's point. But yeah, th- there are some brand new duplexes down there selling for about $210,000. But there's a lot of single family that's great rental property. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In the 150000 range. Yeah. 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 So They're all over. There's an entry point for people. You know, if you only have $30,000, which is a lot of money, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get you into the market here as an investment property. No, it doesn't. There are other markets to look at. A great... A great example is a couple of years ago, after I found sadly that I couldn't uh, really pencil out anything in the Seattle market, I was focused on Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. But even, this was three years ago, it had already been discovered. Mm -hmm. And what I discovered was the prices had already gone up enough that it wasn't penciling out as well. But I just looked down the road, about two hours down the road, at Knoxville and Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. And I eventually decided on Knoxville. So here's a great example. I had a house in the Seattle area that sold for $495,000. That house was bringing me $1,695 a month. That was top rent. Mm -hmm. And it was in Seattle. Okay, which is not bad. And I certainly appreciate the equity building. But I went in 1031 exchange and got two houses for that amount in the Knoxville area. And those two houses were bringing me, and this is after paying a management fee, Mm -hmm. because I take my own advice and hired professional property management, Mm $2,800 a month. Wow. So that's what I was after at this point, was more passive income, monthly income. Now, one of the nice surprises that I wasn't counting on it's one of the houses I bought for 215000 I have built appreciation in that house to two eighty five in two years. Wow. Yeah. The other house is in a different neighborhood and didn't grow that quickly. But that's what you want, you, you know, if you're looking for passive income. 
We're going to have to stop right now on this little discussion, but we are going to get right back to it after the break here on Open House with Team Reba with Tamara Simon in the house. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial. And I'm Reba Haas from Team Reba. And we're here every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock. And today is no exception. We're here. We've got Tamara Simon with us. We're talking about buying investment property somewhere else. And what's wrong with Kansas? Wichita, Kansas, Wichita. specifically. That's right. <laughs> hey, you know, before we jump into that, let's talk real quick about the financing options. Because, you know, if you are thinking you've been looking, oh, I want to buy, get into investing in real estate. I'm in the Seattle market. It's 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 unattainable for, for many of us, as you mentioned, Tamara, in our last segment. You know, the typical down payment requirement for an investment property is going to be 20% down for a single family home. If it's a two, three, or four-unit property, it's going to be 25% down. And uh, and so that, that you know, if you're looking at a half-a-million-dollar home, all of a sudden you're talking some real money. But if you're looking at a $100,000 home, now 20000 gets you in. Or 150000 well, 30000 gets you in. Okay, hold on. You said for 120 gets you in, but we wanted to bring up financing of properties don't they normally require 25% down on no, investment? No, As a matter they of fact, don't. no. Ooh, with, well, with, I'm glad we're having this conversation then. As a matter of fact, you can, for a single family home, you can buy with 15% down. For investment. For investment property, but you will pay a higher interest rate and you're going to have PMI on that loan. In fact, we even have uh, options available for renovation loans for non-owner occupied with 15% down. So if you found a home that needs renovating or you want to update it, upgrade it, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you get a killer price on it. See, build this up is, your we haven't even equity. had a chance to sit down and go through all the right, home right. bridge options because I want to buy more property in mm-hmm. Wichita personally. Sure. And partly because some of my staff actually lives in the state of Kansas, too. And Absolutely. we want to have some opportunities for them. also. Well, Reba, the rule is that you can own f- f- up to 10 Mm-hmm. properties and still get a conventional 30-year fixed rate mortgage, what we call a Fannie Mae type mortgage. And that's on a residential type loan too. And, the yeah, one to so four these are unit. one to four unit properties. So if you go above four units, if it's a fiveplex or larger, that's a whole different right. set of rules. That becomes a commercial loan and the rules are much, much different. And uh, and so, but and if it's, it's 10 properties, not 10 doors. It's 10 properties. So up to 10 uh, you you're eligible for standard financing, Fannie Mae type type loans, thirty year fixed rate loans, where you're going to get the best rates. Okay, so there you, mean you go. The interest rate would be the same. The interest rate is not going to be the same because it's non owner occupied, but you can get a thirty year fixed rate loan. You know, when you get above that ten unit mark, then you're you're looking at alternative types of loan programs. We call them non QM, and the interest rate goes even higher, and the down payment requirements can can as well. So, and, and the interest rates, anytime you buy a non-owner occupied home, they, they are going to be a higher rate. I mentioned earlier the national averages for a owner occupied 30 year mortgage right now are in the, in the high 3% range. But if we're looking at non-owner occupied, they're going to be in the, the mid to high 5% range right now. So they are significantly higher. However, if you find the right property, you're still going to be able to generate. Yeah, you a, just have to crunch the numbers. Yeah, exactly. that's the whole thing. You just that's crunch right. the numbers. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's it's really encouraging uh, for, for me to hear all this information, Tamara, because 
I hadn't looked at prices over there, you know, south and, 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 and east of us here. That's that's amazing. Other than being Snoopy about where you're Well, except for my son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let's get real. And I couldn't get that landlord to sell. She probably knew she had a good deal going well, on. Well, let me just tell you, I in the Riverside area where I have my duplex, I can't tell you how many times now in the last few years because that market has changed. Let me just give you perspective. I bought those properties quite a while ago, and then they went through the recession. And talking to appreciation and depreciation, mm-hmm. we got hit pretty hard during the downturn. But a very stable market like Wichita didn't. They they went down very, very little. Mm-hmm. It, they, they didn't go down fast. They didn't come back fast. But they didn't have as much delta to fill and they are currently on about a 2 to 3% appreciation rate right now, mm-hmm. which is still consistent, still good. If you hold it for 10, 20 years or however long, still reasonable because you're going to get that investment back and more. And remember, listeners, your appreciation isn't just – you get this, like, double wonderful thing that happens because you come in with only a percentage down – but the appreciation is on the full price, not on the amount of money you put into it. So that's the difference of, of real estate and stocks. Because in stock, you have to have 100% of the money to buy. And then it appreciates maybe. It goes up or down. It just depends. And it can be on a daily basis. But the house is there providing cash flow, kind of like you know if it's a dividend you know mm-hmm. on, on a stock. But it's, it's running consistently. But you're growing based on the full amount of the value, not just your down payment. That's right. It's called leverage. Yeah, you get that great leverage and it's compounded growth. So, I mean, it's it's a pretty sweet deal overall. That's why people are always so interested in real estate for so, investment. So, Tamara, the number one complaint I hear from from clients when, when I have somebody help somebody buy their first home, you know, my next conversation with them is, all right, now let's get ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. And, and as you can help start building your wealth. And the number one objection I always get from someone that doesn't currently own rental property is like, ah, oh, I just don't see myself as a landlord. It sounds like too much hassle. It sounds too difficult. I don't know how to do it. How do you, how do you, what do you say to someone like that when they're, they're, they're just not, not sure how to even get started? Well, that person was my ideal client for almost 30 years because lots of people don't want to be their own landlord and they need to get competent property management. Mm-hmm. And so that's one way to handle it. Another way is education. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is passive income isn't always passive. And so particularly with rental property, the more you educate yourself, and there are good classes out there, I like to say. I teach them all the right. time. And I have some of these now available on my website. The more education, the more knowledge, the better job you'll do. You'll learn how to act because it's a business. Treat it like a business. Mm-hmm. The small investor, particularly with one or two properties, that's the problem is they don't see it as a business. And so you have to set up systems, business hours, know the laws. Again, if you don't want to do that, competent property management is the way to go. Yeah. And that's why we these days, of course, network to help people with that. There's a great saying, live where you want and invest where it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're talking about today. It's not that we don't love living in Seattle, but if it doesn't pencil out. Exactly. Right. And you have to include, if you really don't want to be a landlord, then you need to also include the property management fee that it will go with it. Well, sure, yeah. sure. Because well, even if you're purchasing and thinking you're going to try and self-manage to start, always still crunch your numbers with it because most people I do know 
get tired of it. I mean, I, I work in real estate and, that, and, and that's the whole thing. Listeners, I've had this relationship with Tamara for 16 years because I know I don't want to manage my own properties. She doesn't want to deal with the sales side of things. I don't want to deal with the management side of things yeah. because each of our specialties have so many laws and rules around them that it's, it's a much more Herculean task to stay on top of both. Oh, of course. And that has become another issue because Seattle's been blessed with so much growth. The laws for landlords have gotten more and more and more complex. Yes. And so some people find that it's not a friendly landlord market. That's putting it very kindly. And so they want to they want to look also at other places in the United States where it may be a little more balanced, a little more landlord friendly. But again, education's the key for everything. And one of the things I was going to mention is I have a free e-mini book on how to analyze and buy property anywhere in the United States. And I'm sure you guys will have that information on your site. Well, Reba, I'm sure we'll get that put up on your website. Uh, But Tamara, before we, we're almost uh, kind of running out of time here. If someone has questions for you, they want to learn more about investing in Wichita or other, other, other parts of the country, how can they reach you? They can reach me at TamraSimon at Comcast.net. That's easy. That's real easy. TamraSimon at Comcast.net. And on our Facebook page, Tamara Simon, My Real Estate Network. Okay, Tamara Simon, My Real Estate Network. And uh, and you can help them with the analysis, crunching the numbers, determining you know, the cash flows and things like that for these properties? Absolutely. Yeah, that's something I... I, well, I geek out on that sort of thing as well. Love love doing those calculations, and uh, you know, th- even that alone is is a really special skill and an, an ability to do that. If if you can deal with a professional like Tamara, who can look at a property and immediately tell you yes or no, you know, this one's mm-hmm. got challenges. This one looks really really good. Boy, that's just just worth it, you know, to have that knowledge and worth its know, weight in gold. Leverage that experience as well as leveraging when you're buying investment property. Well, really happy to have had you on the show today, Tamara. Hope we can have you on again sometime. It was very kind of you. I enjoyed it. I'd like some updates on uh, how things are going in those other markets too. Absolutely. Well, I hope this is interesting for everybody out there. Hope you have a great weekend. Thanks again for listening to Open House with Team Reba. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at re slash max Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. The preceding program was sponsored by Team Reba of REMAX Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.